1: There is no doubt we face a profound economic challenge. We now need stability and unity. I pledge that I will serve you with integrity and humility. The most
2: important objective for our country right now is stability. Governments cannot eliminate volatility in markets. You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Ewan Potts. And
3: I'm Stephen Carroll. Today, yet another first Prime Minister's Questions. will bring you the Rishi versus Keir face-off at the Dispatch Box and instant analysis from our opinion columnist Therese
2: Raphael. And as the government delays its big fiscal statement by two and a half weeks, we'll ask what it means for markets and for the Bank of England. So here we are again, another new Prime
3: Minister. It's a familiar choreography now. You know, Prime Minister resigns, leadership election... Uh, first Prime Minister's questions, speeches outside Downing Street, Um, Rishi Sunak getting his chance to, uh, I suppose, in some cases, he will be on the defensive in some cases. There's certainly a lot of things Labour has already been laying out some of their attack lines in advance of PMQs.
2: Yeah, I'm really quite excited for this one, actually. Yeah, Prime Minister's questions doesn't always deliver, does it? But when you've got two new leaders or at least one new leader, so it's a new dynamic. and we'll get to see exactly how they uh, face off against each other. It could be dull. I mean, they're both, you know, very sensible serious politicians they're both technocrats not neither of them is uh, uh jeremy Cormier. Not neither of them is uh, boris johnson but i think it will be interesting to see the dynamic between these two and presumably these will be the two people uh, leading their parties into the general election although i guess that's uh by no means uh, guaranteed. <laughs> no, indeed. And look, some of the issues
3: we might expect to be talked about, the lineup for the Cabinet, particularly the return of Suella Braverman as Home Secretary, um, and what exactly that might mean. I wonder if Rishi Sunak's words that he promising to lead a government of integrity, professionalism and accountability at every level, I think could per- perhaps be mentioned by Keir Starmer uh, in some questions today.
2: Yeah, surely he's going to go uh, big on Braverman. I see that the, uh, Labour, uh, Yvette Cooper, has been granted an urgent question. She's going to uh, ask the Home Secretary to make a statement on her resignation and reappointment as Home Secretary. Bradman calls the whole issue a technical uh, infringement, but surely, surely Starmer uh, is going to go big on this. Uh, I reckon that's going to be his, uh, his, his
3: lead in. And the other, of course, news that we'll be waiting for details of is the delay to the fiscal statement. It's no longer going to be on Monday the 31st. November 17th is the new day and it will be then that we will get more details. It's been upgraded to an autumn statement, that means we'll have a full forecast in the Office of Budget Responsibility uh, and also more detail on the measures to be announced. Jeremy Hunt speaking a little earlier this morning saying that that was being done to have the most up-to-date forecasts available um, and I'm sure nothing at all to do with watching what's happening on the markets and seeing how uh, what that might perhaps be a gift in there perhaps some leeways we've seen borrowing costs come down that might give the the government a little bit more breathing room for where they are going to go next
2: yeah of course the interesting thing is is this knocks it past the next bank of england rate decision which is due on thursday like tomorrow and the market's pricing 75 basis points three quarters of a percent rise in interest rates. And that means the we BU, BU will have to go blind into this. They can't do that, uh, having seen uh, the government's plans. So, knocking it two and a half weeks ahead, we'll get the Bank of England rate decision, and then the government will uh, take a breather and decide what to do with its finances, how to sort out that massive uh, black hole in the public finances.
3: Yeah, interesting. We're getting some details about this as well. Bloomberg reporting that uh, the UK is seeking to plug a £35 billion fiscal hole in that uh, November 17th statement. The Treasury apparently drawing up 104 options to cut spending. That's according to two officials so plenty of detail for them to unpack in the meantime and as you say the Bank of England now in that different position in that a week from tomorrow they will be looking at how um, they're going to I suppose manage inflation from their point of view without necessarily having the full picture from the OBR and the Treasury although Jeremy Hunt did point out that he had spoken to the Bank of England's Andrew Bailey yesterday before uh, announcing this decision to delay the statement so they are
2: in contact and that's a very important Important signal to be sending to markets as well. Yeah, that is interesting. Gosh, 104 options. That sounds like a, a lot of places, but I suppose there are uh, lots of different parts of the government spending. So is that a big number or not? Uh, difficult to say, isn't it, really? But yeah, but Jeremy Hart. I certainly don't have 104 options to cut my own spending. <laughs> so I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> that, that is certainly true. Jeremy Hunt, of course, trying to inject a bit of uh, stability into the government's uh, uh, economic credibility after the chaos of the last uh, uh, seven weeks. Interesting to look at some of the other cabinet. Changes is very much uh, a cabinet i guess you uh, i'm told that uh, starmer is now on his feet
4: you, Speaker, and may i welcome the prime minister the first british asian prime minister is a significant moment in our national story yeah. and it's a reminder that for all the challenges we face as a country britain is a place where people of all races and all beliefs can fulfill their dreams yeah. that's not true in every country and many did and many didn't think that they would live to see the day when it would be true here it's part of what makes us all so proud to be british
1: yeah.
4: was his home secretary right to resign last week for a breach of security
1: yeah. prime minister well miss Mr. Speaker, can I thank the uh, Ronald Wood Gentleman for his kind and indeed generous uh, welcome to the dispatch box? I look forward to Prime Minister's question time with him, and I know that we will have no doubt robust exchanges, but I hope that they can also be serious and grown up. So I look forward to it. Well, uh, he he asked uh, about the Home Secretary. The Home Secretary made an error of judgment, but she recognised that. She raised the matter and she accepted her mistake. And that's that's why I was delighted to welcome back. Into a united cabinet that brings experience and stability to the heart of government. And let me tell you, Mr. Speaker, what the Home Secretary will be focused on. She'll be focused on cracking down on criminals, on defending our borders, while the party opposite remains soft on crime and in favour of
4: unlimited immigration. Mr. Speaker. Mr Speaker, yesterday the Prime Minister stood on the steps of Downing Street and promised integrity, professionalism and accountability, but then, with his first act, he appointed a Home Secretary who was sacked by his predecessor a week ago for deliberately pinging around sensitive Home Office documents from her personal account. Far from soft on crime, I ran the Crown Prosecution Service for five years. with Home Secretaries to take on terrorists and serious organised crime. And I know firsthand how important it is that we have a Home Secretary whose integrity and professionalism are beyond question. So, have officials raised concerns about his decision to appoint her? uh,
1: Mr Speaker, I just addressed the issue with the Home Secretary. But, but But he talked about Fighting crime, I would hope, I would hope, Mr. Speaker, I would hope that he would welcome. I would hope, I would hope that, as we look forward, he would welcome the news today that there are over 15,000 new police officers on our streets, and the and the Home Secretary will be supporting them to tackle burglaries. well the party opposite. The party opposite will be backing the lunatic protesting
4: fringe yeah. that are stopping pro- yeah. working people
5: going about their lives.
4: Yeah. Well, Mr. Speaker, I listened carefully. That was clearly not a no. Exactly. We can all see what's happened here. He's so weak, he's done a grubby deal exactly. trading national security because he was scared to lose another leadership election. Yeah. There is a new Tory at the top, but as always with them, party first, country second. Yesterday, yesterday, on the steps of Downing Street, he also admitted what the whole country knows. The Tories have crashed the economy, and now somebody has to pay for their mess. I say it shouldn't be working people who have been hammered time and again by this lot. But those with the broadest shoulders must step up. Does he agree? No. Well, well, Mr. Speaker, the Honourable Gentleman talked about party
1: first and country second. Perhaps he could explain to us why it was a few years ago he was supporting the member for Islington North. (laughs) Mr. Speaker, my record is clear when times are difficult in this country. I will always protect the most vulnerable. That is the values of our compassionate party. We did it in COVID
4: and we will do that again. Mr Speaker, he says he will protect the most vulnerable. Let us test that. The Government currently allows very rich people to live here but register abroad for tax purposes. I don't need to explain to the Prime Minister how non DOM status works. He already knows all about that. It costs the Treasury three point two billion pounds every year. Why doesn't he put his mouth where his money where his mouth is and get rid of it? Well Mr Speaker, I have
1: been honest we will have to take difficult decisions to restore economic stability and confidence and my hon. Friend the Chancellor will set that out in an autumn Statement in just a few weeks. But what I can say, as we did during COVID, we will always protect the most vulnerable. We will do this in a fair way. But what I can say, I am glad, Mr Speaker, that the party opposite, hon. Gentleman, has finally realised that spending does need to be paid for. It is a novel concept for the party opposite. This government is going to restore economic stability, and we will do it in a fair and compassionate way.
4: I know he's been away for a few weeks, but he should have listened. What's been going on the last two? But I I have to say, I'm surprised he's still defending non-dom status. He pretends he's on the side of working people, but in private, he says something very different. Over the summer, he was secretly recorded at a garden party in Tunbridge Wells, boasting to a group of Tory members that he personally moved money away from deprived areas to wealthy places instead. Rather than apologise or pretend that he meant something else, why doesn't he now do the right thing and undo the changes that he made to those funding formulas? well uh, mr. speaker I
1: know I know I, I know the right I know the right honourable gentleman rarely leaves North London but if he does but if he, if he does he will know that there are deprived areas in our rural communities in our Communities and across the South, and this government will relentlessly support them because we are a government that will deliver for people across the United Kingdom. But Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, he mentioned the last few weeks. I am the first to admit that mistakes were made, and that's the reason I am standing here. But But that is the difference between him and me. This summer I was talking, I was being honest about the difficulties that we were facing. But when he ran for leader, when he ran for leader, he promised his party he would borrow billions and billions of pounds. I told the truth for the good of the country. He told his party what it wanted to hear. Leadership is not selling fairy tales, it is confronting challenges, and that is the leadership the British people will get from this government.
4: Speaker, I think everyone should watch the video and make their own minds up. In public, he claims he wants to level up the north, but then he boasts about trying to funnel vital investment away from deprived areas. He says one thing and does another, but they're shouting. They're not my words. They're not my words. They're the words of the former chair of the Tory party sat yesterday for telling the truth about the Prime Minister. Even his own side know he's not on the side of working people. That's why the only time he ran in a competitive election, he got trounced by the former Prime Minister, who herself got beaten by a lettuce. <laughs> so why doesn't he put it to the test, let working people have their say, and call a general election? Well it'll take a long time to get through this paper if we carry on like
2: this, Prime Minister.
1: Mr Speaker, he talks about mandates, about votes, about elections. It's a bit rich coming from the person who tried to overturn the biggest democratic vote in our country's history. Our mandate is based on a manifesto that we were elected on, to remind him, an election that we won and they lost that says we want a stronger NHS, better schools, safer streets, control of our borders and levelling up. That is the mandate that I and this Government will deliver for the British people.
3: OK, we have been listening to uh, Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak facing off in Keir Starmer's first Prime Minister's question. Uh, pretty pretty robust exchanges. I think they were both in very good form today, uh, Ewan, as we were listening to Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak speaking. there. interesting to hear um, the attack lines from Keir Starmer, very much starting with, you know, comments on Suella Braverman um, saying that, you know, it, it that, that, that this was a, a decision that you know did did the prime minister stand over it and and something that um something that we heard Richie Sunak say uh, that he did you know, that it was an error of judgment. The matter had been raised and we accepted her mistake and he was delighted to welcome her back uh, to a cabinet as well. Uh, didn't answer the question, though, about whether officials had raised concerns about Suella Braverman returning as uh, Home Secretary. And um, uh, Keir Starmer's line, it's, you know, as always, the Conservative Party first and country second. Mm,
2: yes, yeah, so 12 minutes of uh, uh, Starmer, Starmer versus Sunak. I thought it was pretty punchy, wasn't it? I thought uh, uh, Sunak was in... Uh, Pretty good form. It's the first time we've seen him uh, in this exact uh, dispatch box uh, pose, uh, and I, yeah, I thought he he did a, a pretty decent job. I thought the script for both of them was was fairly predictable. They brought up many of the things I think you could have guessed they would have brought up. Uh, Starmer uh, saying that the Tories have crashed the economy, uh, and uh, mentioning that a little clip of uh, Rishi Sunak uh, recorded in Tunbridge Wells talking about moving money across around the country, and he even raised the issue of the lettuce. And Brexit yeah. uh, raising its uh, ugly head as well. And uh, uh, um, uh, the former Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, being mentioned as well uh, by, the, uh, by the Tory leader. So lots of the things you might expect to come up uh, did come up. But it was, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty robust stuff.
5: Success is more than the final destination, it's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline, it's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at steeple.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com.
4: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
6: You know success when you see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers,
3: Let's get the thoughts of Bloomberg Opinion columnist Therese Raphael, who is listening in with us. Uh, Therese, what did you think?
8: Yeah, I agree. I think it was punchier than uh, we might have expected from two leaders who are often branded, you know, the more boring side of Um, of the spectrum. Uh, You know, I thought it gave us a pretty good idea of uh, where Starmer will be trying to attack and uh, go after Sunak. And there wasn't a big surprise. And, you know, the first couple questions was on the reappointment of Suella Braverman and was the Home Secretary right to resign last week. Um, We heard Sunak basically say, well, you know, she made a mistake. She owned up to it. She apologized and she'll be focused on, you know, cracking down on crime and Securing the borders. And uh, but that you know, that's quite comfortable territory for Keir Starmer, you know, who ran the Crown Prosecution Service and who talks about, you know, integrity and professionalism using Sunak's own words against him. But I thought the fact that Starmer had to switch. Topic so many times. So, you know, he started with Braverman, then he went to the economy and protecting the most vulnerable. He touched on non Dom status, um, which, of course, is a, uh, you know, sight sore point, uh, given Sunak's wife uh, had non Dom status. And, you know, then he, he went back to, you know, whether Sunak's Uh, leveling up credentials are genuine, given some of the things he said this summer on the campaign trail. So basically, you know, this is is Starmer poking lots of places around the Sunak armor and seeing where he can land a shot. Sunak, I thought, was prepared for all of that. He sounded a little bit like a Boris Johnson in his counterattacks. And, you know, I, I think we're still waiting to hear what Sunak's, you know, own kind of authentic voices in these forums. So, you know, it was very, a very assured, very competent performance. But I think you know, these two are just settling into the roles and uh, it will be interesting to see how it shapes up. But one thing is clear, the vibe on the Tory backbenches and front benches was a lot more positive and uh, energetic than it's been in the previous few weeks for the obvious reason that they now seem mm. to have a prime minister they can get behind for, you know, at least a little while.
2: Trez, I thought something very interesting was really the final thing, the final thing that Sunak said before he sat down was uh, we will be delivering on our manifesto and then trotting out some of the things which the Tories stood on in 2019, the Boris Johnson manifesto, including things like spending more money on the NHS. And I thought that was a clear repudiation of uh, the trust agenda, wasn't it? So we're saying, uh, Sunak was saying that we are very much going to deliver on those things that won us the election last time and not this uh, entirely different plan, which, which Trust uh, was trying to implement.
8: Yeah, I think that he also spoke about the 2019 manifesto, of course, in his statement in front of Downing Street, and I think part of that is about trying to establish a sort of thread of legitimacy to um, a premiership, you know, that he he won without an election beyond the house, his own, you know, MPs in Parliament, and so he's, you know, essentially, as he said uh, when he took office, uh, that mandate was not a mandate that belongs to one person, i.e., Boris Johnson. It, it was a mandate for the party, so he is assuming that sort of mantle that stems from that 2019 election. I think it's um, it, 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 that can cut both ways because, of course, he doesn't have the headroom uh, to make mm. good on a lot of those promises. Many of them remain unfulfilled. You know, the number of hospitals and nurses and uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of creativity with those uh, promised targets. So I think he could also end up in a bit of trouble and um, that manifesto. And of course, you know, while it was the Tory party that was elected, it was off the back of, you know, it was a Boris Johnson versus Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, election before COVID, before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And it, it it feels a little bit tenuous to be harking back to it now. But he's trying to remind people that, um, you know, that this was a party that won big not, you know, a few yeah. years ago.
3: Interesting, as, as Prime Minister's questions has been continuing in the background as we've been talking, uh, Rishinak declining to say if benefits will rise in line with inflation. Of course, all of this part of the calculation that will go into what is now going to be an upgraded autumn statement on the 17th of November, not the fiscal statement we're expecting on the 31st of October. That was an announcement made by Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, earlier on. Let's take a listen to what he had to say.
2: The question is how you deal with that turbulence to make sure that the very, very important and very difficult decisions that I and the Prime Minister have to make are the right ones and do the right thing for people at home who are worried about their mortgages, their jobs, the cost of living, the bills and so on.
3: That's Jeremy Hunt talking about the market turbulence and how they want to use the very latest government forecasts in their new autumn statement. Our senior UK economist Dan Hansen is with us in studio as well. Dan, what's the significance then of this delay and upgrade as it's being described uh, to this statement?
9: Well, I think there are a few things here. I mean, the first thing is that this was much, much more important uh, for Liz Truss and at the time, Kwasi Kwarteng, to get this, this medium-term fiscal plan out and sort of settle the markets and try and um, calm the markets down. By, with Sunak in and with him bringing Hunt alongside him as, as the Chancellor, the urgency to deliver this statement has fallen quite significantly and you've seen that in the way markets have reacted. There's been a really positive reaction to um, to him becoming PM and Hunt staying as, as Chancellor. I mean, I think the Bank of England are going to be watching this, but I think... At the margin, it might make them a little bit more hawkish, I think, but that's really at the margin. And that's only because essentially they won't be able to factor in this fiscal consolidation that we know is coming down the line in their forecasts, which are going to be published on November the 3rd. But I think really what we know is that Hunt is talking to Bailey and Bailey knows what this is going to look like. And it's been sort of well flagged what's coming down the line so i think even though it's not going to appear in their forecasts when they come to make that policy decision they're going to be they're going to know this is coming so they're going to, they're going to be taking it into account
2: it does feel like a different approach and a difficult different different uh relationship with the bank of england to the one we saw under under prime minister Truss. now it's being upgraded to a, a, an autumn statement is there much significance to that uh, I, i'm not quite sure what a fiscal event is i feel like that phrase was just sort of uh uh, uh, made up a few weeks ago but is this going to be a, a much bigger thing than we' were expecting
9: I think I think the thing probably well probably the difference I mean in my mind at least we were going to have for the for the th- the announcement that was potentially going to come Monday, we were going to have an obR forecast and we were going to have an awful lot of policy decisions to try and fill this black hole and to me that that feels like a budget um now we're, we're they're talking about upgrading it to an autumn statement and I think where you can read into that is that this won't just be about all about the consolidation. It'll be a lot about as what we've heard there in PMQs about Sunak setting out his strategy, his economic strategy for his premiership because I think what, one thing he is, he will want to avoid is that he is his premiership is defined by austerity. I think he'll want to, he'll, they'll need to deal with that and they're going to deal with that but I think they'll want a broader set of announcements that deal with potentially a lot of these things that are still sitting in the 2019 manifesto that haven't yet been dealt with. Okay,
3: Dan Hanson, thanks very much for that analysis. A final thought to you, Therese Raphael, Uh, from this first PMQs. Has it set us up for a a dry run of the next general election, do you think?
8: I think the Tories will be very reluctant to have uh, another change of leadership before they go to voters. Um, The party is facing really dreadful polling right now. And so the interest in self-preservation probably trumps, uh, you know, any divisions over policy that will undoubtedly emerge as SUNAC makes these difficult choices on tax and spending. So I think on balance, uh, this does, you know, set us up for what will be, you know, a weekly uh, clash, um, you know, until voters get their say. But, you know, very hard to make predictions these days in british politics and we've I've been proven wrong many times before so uh, i'll i'll leave it there but um interesting uh interesting start to uh a new Prime Minister and Britain's first Asian Prime Minister, as Keir Starmer said, and I think that was a, uh, you know, sh- showed that the opposition leader mm. uh, is is seeing this as you know a, as a significant moment in the life of the nation. Uh, but it's not going to deter him from taking on the uh, you know the person and the party opposite and and trying to convert those polls into an election victory
2: bloomberg uk politics listen weekdays at noon on dab digital radio in london
0: what could you do if your data was working for you and not against you with bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems you get easy access to the details you want optimized for higher level analysis